All right, Emmaus, it's so great to be able to connect even like this and to be able to sing together, pray together, share scripture together. Right there where you are, if you want to open your Bible, we're going to be looking at two primary places, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament. I hope to incorporate a lot of other scripture in as we go along talking about faithfulness, but our starting place is Lamentations chapter 3. Now I know Lamentations is a book that we don't often turn to, and so it may take a little bit of work there in the table of contents of your Bible, or if you have your Bible app open in front of you on on a separate device, you can pull that out. Lamentations 3, and then here in a little bit, we're going to shift over and look at some verses in the New Testament in 2 Timothy chapter 2. Again, a book that we may not go to as often, but we're trying to think this morning about God's faithfulness. We've reached this seventh element of the fruit of the Spirit and what it means to know and understand and follow after God. And we do that in response to His faithfulness to us. And I want to say as we get started and we get ready to look at Lamentations 3 this morning, I want to say to us that this concept, this element of the fruit of the Spirit is so important because we live in a world where people come and go where relationships seem to be moving ahead and then it seems like someone, whatever the friendship or the family relationship or the work relationship, there's unfaithfulness that happens there. And let's just be honest, we live in a world where it's frankly hard to know who to trust and what to trust. And this morning, what we want to remind you of is God is faithful. He is faithful to his word, to his promises, to his people. I love what Christopher Wright says. He says, that faithfulness, honesty, and trustworthiness are qualities that commend the gospel to those who have not yet come to believe. Let's be a people of faithfulness. Let's be a people who live the life that shows we've experienced God's faithfulness in our own lives. And so to get started, we're going to look at Lamentations chapter 3, and I've asked Alan and Patty Long, a couple here at Emmaus, to read these verses for us. If you'll watch this quick video from Alan and Patty, they're going to lead us through the verses this morning. Morning, Amaz. It's Alan and Patty Long, and we've been asked to say a bit about faithfulness, one of the fruits of the spirits. Say, did you all know that today is Patty and I celebrating our sixth anniversary? That's right. Happy Happy anniversary, anniversary, honey. honey. Most of you know that Patty and I were married earlier in life, And as a matter of fact, 49 years ago, while double dating, wow, that's a long time ago. No, kidding. Patty's husband was my friend from high school, and my wife was Patty's friend from high school. And our friendship began. Patty and I also worked together way back then. Well, as life would have it, we lost our mate some time ago. So, seven years ago, unknowingly, while both of us were praying God would allow us to find a mate, Patty was searching for my late wife for a classroom reunion and found me on Facebook. After a short time of reconnecting, I fell in love with her, and God joined us to start a new life together. And what a wonderful life we've had since then. God God has truly truly blessed blessed us. us. Hey, a little bit of comedy. After asking Patty to marry me one Wednesday night in the kitchen, I saw Jim Lehew, and I asked him, Jim, would you marry me? He said, no. But he wouldn't marry Patty and I. I was so embarrassed. One of those foot-in-the-mouth moments, I'm telling you. So today, we're here to help Owen with the reading of today's scripture on faithfulness, one of the fruits of the spirits. Today's scripture reading is found in Lamentations 3, 
verse 21 through 26. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. So, so this, this morning, morning from, from the Long Ranch, y'all have, have a good, good day. day. Bye. Bye. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. I don't know about your family or where you are at home or wherever you're watching. Our family, we are excited to watch the Olympics this summer. Getting ready for, for the Summer Olympics. Now, right now in Oklahoma, we could probably host the Winter Olympics. Uh, I was thinking about this. Downhill skiing at Mount Scott, uh, ice skating on the Oklahoma River. I'm sure we could pull the old hockey rink out uh, downtown and make that work. So we could probably host the Olympics, the Winter Olympics right now in Oklahoma. But we're excited about the Summer Olympics. And every time I think about the Summer Olympics, or almost every time I think about the Summer Olympics, I think about this key event that happened at the 92 Barcelona Games. And many of you have the imagery of this just from watching it on TV, maybe live or even the famous footage afterward. But Derek Redmond was an athlete from Great Britain. And in the semifinals of the 400 meters, he comes out fast, goes around the first curve, and then begins to experience a hamstring in injury. He tries to continue with the race, but he's in obvious, excruciating pain. And then from the side with the cameras, you see his dad coming down out of the stands. And in this really famous image, his dad comes down, puts a hand, an arm, around his son's shoulder, and they finish this race together. That imagery, as we think about faithfulness, you have the image, obviously, of an athlete who is committed to making it to the finish line, but I love the picture there of this dad coming there, arm around his son's shoulder, and they are finishing together. A dad who's not angry or disappointed, but a dad who loves his son and is going to see him to the end of the race. Friends, this morning, we are talking about faithfulness. And before we can understand what it means to live out this faithfulness as part of the fruit of the Spirit, we have to understand God's faithfulness toward us, that He is a God of perfect faithfulness. Let me show you these first scriptures from Psalm chapter 33. Psalm 33, 4 and 5. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all His work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. The reason I love this particular scripture so much, and we're going to look at another one to connect to it, but the reason I love this particular scripture because we see these two key concepts throughout the Old Testament that speaks of God's character. This is term at the end of verse 5, the steadfast love of the Lord. When you see that, that's that word we talked about last week, the Hesed word, the idea of God's loving kindness. His loyal, committed, covenant love for his people. But earlier there in verse 4, it talks about how all his work is done in faithfulness. The term faithfulness there comes from a Hebrew word that we would just say very close to the English pronunciation of amen. It's not going to sound exactly like that if we work out the Hebrew letters, but this is where we get our word 
amen or amen if you're super spiritual, uh, depending on how you say it. This concept, a word that has to do with stability and faithfulness and trustworthiness, this idea here that God is true and stable. When we're trying to understand faithfulness this morning, I want us to start out on the same page. This definition will carry us through all these scriptures we're looking at. What does it mean for God to be faithful to us? And, and especially, what does it mean for that faithfulness to work itself out in the way we live? Two concepts here. Faithfulness has the idea of being trustworthy and dependable. Maybe a word like integrity or consistency works here. This idea of faithful person is someone who is trustworthy and dependable. And that's a good gift in the world in which we live, that we have people like that. Trustworthy and dependable, and it extends over a long period of time. It's just not that they're sometimes trustworthy and dependable, but you can count, the, count on them over a long period of time. So what do we know about God? He is trustworthy and dependable and consistent, and that is true of God for all of eternity. Now, think about that in reference to Lamentations chapter 3 that Alan read for us just a couple of minutes ago. Lamentations chapter 3, that core section, this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love, there's our, there's our Hesed idea again, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, his mercies never come to an end, they are new every morning, great is your faithfulness. So good to be able to sing that hymn together this morning and think about the faithfulness of God don't forget, the book of Lamentations, which when you read it from beginning to end, there's so much pain, so much suffering, so much difficulty in a book like that as, as the people are crying out to God in the midst of their pain. The book of Lamentations is written from a historical context of when God's people were sent into exile. And here's the irony of, irony of it. They were sent into exile because of their unfaithfulness to God, because of their sin they're sent away from the promised land, sent into exile, and they're living under this suffering, both, both physical suffering, but also just the spiritual suffering and anguish of being separated from their land and from the temple. And with all of this going on, what do they do? This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Can I ask you a question? Wherever you're sitting, watching, listening, can I ask you a question? In times of difficulty, or in times of sin, or in times of wondering, in these times, do they cause you to move further away from God, or is your heart drawn back to Him? When we find ourselves in times of suffering or difficulty, struggling with our faith, dealing with these questions, unsure of where to go, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope that we would be drawn back to God, we'd be drawn back to his steadfast love, to his mercies that never come to an end, that he is faithful. Think about the times in your life when God has been so faithful to you, to your friends, to your family in moments of difficulty. Can I encourage you, church? Share those experiences with other people. Tell people about God's faithfulness in your life. Parents, Speak to your kids about God's faithfulness in your life and drawing you to him. Grandparents, until they get tired of it and beyond, continue to speak to your grandkids about God's faithfulness to you through the years. We need to share with one another about the faithfulness of God. 
on Wednesday night in our church history Bible study that some of us are doing together, we were just talking recently about God's faithfulness to his people throughout history. And the strength that comes when we share those, even as Jaron earlier was sharing about Leo Snow, a, a gentleman that I never had a chance to meet, but I am so encouraged and so strengthened by stories like that. We need to share about God's faithfulness. But one caution, God's faithfulness is not only present in the big moments for, for our family. What, what we look back to is the Hurricane Katrina moments where God was so faithful to us before and after Hurricane Katrina and everything that happened in New Orleans. There's those big moments that we talk about, but do not miss this. What do we know about God? His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Maybe the most incredible thing about God's faithfulness is that he is just there for us every day. Have you ever had a day <laughs> that you thought, you know what, I just need to go to bed. It might be two o'clock in the afternoon, but this day is going so poorly, I probably just need to go to bed right now, get up and start again tomorrow. Can I tell you that God is faithful then? He is faithful to us day after day that we can lie down at night in peace knowing that he is in control and we can wake up the next morning knowing that he is faithful. Emmaus, the God who was faithful to us yesterday is the same God who is faithful to us today, and he will continue to be faithful to us every day in the future. Not because of us, but because of his great love for his people. And this faithfulness that looks to the future, we see it played out in the New Testament. Let me give you some verses from the New Testament that speak about God's faithfulness famous, powerful verses in 1 Thessalonians 5. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. God's faithfulness is present, not just in difficult circumstances, not just in day-to-day -day living, his faithfulness is most powerfully seen in our salvation and our spiritual growth. That, that fancy word we use sometimes of sanctification, becoming holy, becoming like Christ, growing into who we are in Christ. Our salvation and our spiritual growth is empowered and sustained by the faithfulness of God. And we see that worked out in a place like 1 John 1. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And this faithfulness of God, it, it doesn't make us passive or, or lazy, it draws us back to him. And you even think about a verse, I didn't put it here on the screen, but you think about a verse like 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that God is faithful, that he will not allow us to be tempted or tested beyond what we're able to endure, but he will provide a way out. In your salvation and in your spiritual growth, I want you to know that God is faithful. And this concept takes us to 2 Timothy 2. This is what I told you we were going to get to in the New Testament. I want to put some verses in front of us here that are so important and, and frankly, a little bit controversial, a little bit difficult. We need to work through some things. But when we talk about God's faithfulness, especially in salvation and spiritual growth, we need to see these verses from 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. Let's start there. The saying, Paul says, is trustworthy. Funny enough, this is the word for faith, of faithfulness there. The, the saying is faithful. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. 
almost certainly died there. It's not physical death, but it's the death to self that happens when we trust in Jesus for salvation. Um, Maybe the clearest image might even be a reference back to baptism here, this idea of dying to self, that if we have died with him, we're identified with Christ, we will also be able to live with him and continue to live with him. If we endure, speaking of enduring in the Christian life, if we continue to endure, we will also eternally reign with him. These verses come in a section about, about perseverance amid suffering and difficulty, amid persecution. And Paul is saying, if you have died to yourself and you live with Christ, continue to endure. And, and this will be true eternally. But watch what happens in the middle of verse 12 going into 13. In the middle of 12, if we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Oh man, that's so not anticipated there, but it's so important that he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. What's going on in these verses? The distinction here that is often used when these verses are explained is the distinction between Judas Iscariot and his betrayal of Jesus and the denial of Jesus that you see with Peter, and where Peter is brought back to repentance and is ultimately restored to fellowship with Jesus afterward, this language of if we deny him, this is ultimate denial. This is hard-hearted, prideful rejection of the salvation that God provides through Jesus. This is what Jesus says earlier in his teachings, that if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. This is complete, hard-hearted rejection, ultimate denial of the things of God. The following phrase, if we are faithless, this is speaking of those times of wondering, uh, and wondering in the W-A-N-D-E-R sense of the word, that these times of moving away, these times of struggle, they're temporary. They're times of faithlessness when we're not committed to the Lord in the way that we should be. What is true about God in those times, though? He remains faithful to his people, for he cannot deny himself. Do you sense what good news that is? That when you are struggling to hold on to faith, that when you are struggling with the difficulties of life, when you are trying to make it day after day after day, and God, what are you doing in the world, and what, is it, what are you doing in my heart, and what's going on in my family? Friends, he is so faithful to you. He is faithful to his promises and to his word, and he who began a good work in you, he will carry it on to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. That what that creates in us is not a laziness or a passivity, but it draws us back to him. Don't allow your pride or your shame to keep you away from God, that you would know how good and faithful he is. As we think about this, when we think about this idea of what happens in our life with spiritual growth, one sign of spiritual growth in your life is a desire to be more faithful toward God. He has been so faithful to me in my times of weakness, in my times of doubt, in my times of struggle, he's been faithful. And what happens, a sign of spiritual growth in your life is this deep desire, this deep desire to be faithful to God. The cry of the Christian life is, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe, God, I believe I want to hold on. I believe that you are able. Help my unbelief. Help me continue to grow. Now the question is, 
How does that growth happen? How, how does this desire for faithfulness turn into, God, I want to be completely faithful to you? Let me give you a couple of things here to help you as we think about how do we grow in faithfulness to God. And as you look at these, maybe seeing them on a screen or hear me, hear me say them to you, we grow in faithfulness through his word and his people, through daily faithfulness, through eternal focus. You might be tempted to see that and say, Owen, I really do want to be faithful to God, but I also want to throw something through this screen at you because those are just so simple. Like, really, give me something else. Do not lose sight of how simple and straightforward these, these gifts, these, these means of grace are in our lives. How do we grow in faithfulness? Well, we spend time in God's word. Because in God's word, we see over and over and over again more about his character, more about how he works among his people. You see stories all throughout the Bible of people who begin to go away from the things of God. They find themselves separated, and they come running back. And what do they find? They find a, a loving father running toward them with arms wide open to bring them back in. That this is the God we serve, and the more time we spend in his word, the more we learn about his faithfulness, and the more that our hearts are drawn to be faithful to him. The gift of the church in drawing us toward faithfulness to God. And I want to be really careful here because I know there are times that we experience hurt in church life, that there are, are difficult church experiences. But one of the things that God will use in your life to keep you faithful to him and to grow your faithfulness toward him, he will use the church and we need people around us that when we begin to go to the side, when we begin to struggle, when we begin to wander off in another direction, we need people around us who are drawing us back, who are encouraging us to remain faithful to God. One of the gifts of being a part of a local church is you have a group of people who are keeping you focused on God, who are drawing you back to his faithfulness and drawing you to trust in him day after day. Do not lose that. During this time, I know it's so easy to get disconnected from church life, but we need one another. I need you, and you need me, and we need one another to be able to remain faithful to our God. His word and his people, he uses simple daily faithfulness to grow our faithfulness to him. This idea that it's not fancy, it's not making us famous, it's, there's nothing impressive about it, but just day after day continuing to trust the Lord. Because as we walk in faith, we see his faithfulness played out, and then as we experience his faithfulness, it makes us want to have more faith. The best way I can explain this is something like people who spend time day after day behind the scenes practicing their craft. So whether it's art or music or sports or something you're really passionate about with your job, what, whatever it is that you just spend time day after day after day doing, and over time you find yourself growing in that. And, and all of this practice for, for musicians or artists or athletes that happens behind the scene, and then finally it comes out in public, how does your faithfulness to God grow? It grows in the simple things. It, it's not something extravagant or fancy. It's just daily, God, today, Help me to be committed to you. And then when I wake up again tomorrow, God, help me to be committed to you then. And then the day after that and the day after that, it's a long obedience in the same direction. We continue day after day to be faithful to the Lord. And one of the things, frankly, that draws us toward that is having an eternal focus. That we can say with Paul in 2 Timothy 4, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. 
we will remain faithful to God and we will grow in that faithfulness to God when our eyes are focused on eternity, when we remember that everything we experience around us is not the end of the story. And at this point, if I could just say something, along with what Jaron said earlier, if I could just say something to those who are older in the faith, don't end your life here on this earth chasing after the things of this world. This idea that God has been so faithful and you, you do so well in telling us those stories and calling us to the Lord and you've experienced God's faithfulness, run through the finish line. At the end of your life, that more than ever you would be drawn to faithfulness to God, not giving yourself to the things of this world. We need that with one another. We need to be able to keep that eternal focus because, here's the good news. Remember from Matthew chapter 25, this parable that Jesus told Jesus was telling a parable about five talents and two talents and one talent and the things the master had given. He said in verse 21, his master said to the servant, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. As I was thinking about faithfulness this week, this is the verse that kept staying in front of me. What do we want to be true of our lives? What do we want to be true of our lives now and eternally that our master, that our savior, that our Lord would look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Good, we talked about last week with kindness and goodness that we know what to do and we do it. Faithful that we were trustworthy and dependable to put into action what God had given us. And this is what's so, so important that we talked about earlier. Faithfulness does not mean laziness. Faithfulness is not laziness and it's not selfishness. Faithfulness to God means taking what he has given us and then putting it into use. Being good and faithful with what he's given us. The resources he's given you, the talents he's given you, the spiritual gifts he's given you. We are good and faithful servants when we put into use, when we invest for the kingdom those things that God has given us. And we have to think about financial resources at, at a time like this. So often in scripture, either in the teachings of Jesus or the writings of Paul, when we would talk about investing financial resources, that we would be faithful with those resources. Uh, there's a story that weaves itself throughout Paul's letters that he's taking up this offering and he's going to deliver it to the church in Jerusalem. And so often, Paul is careful to make sure he's being faithful with these gifts that has been given. Because we know in church how fast that can go sideways. That we want to trust one another with financial gifts. That, that a church family is seeking to be faithful to give. And that, that the church as a whole would be faithful in how those gifts are used. And in my time at Emmaus, just being so thankful um, and, and overwhelmed by the generosity of this church family... And the way that the financial committee and the church treasurer and all the congregation together seeks to be faithful with what God has given us. We, we want to be trustworthy before the Lord. God, you've given us these gifts and talents and resources. We want them to be used and maximized and multiplied for your kingdom and your glory. With our lives, are we living in such a way that we are heading toward a future where God would look at us and say, well done, good and faithful servants. We want that to be true. And, and faithfulness is not just about these material resources. It's about our relationships with one another. 
you think about this idea of faithful friends and, and the faithfulness that happens within a family. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse, or, or many, are the kisses of an enemy. How good is it to have a faithful friend in your life? A faithful friend who is consistent and dependable and will tell you exactly what you need to hear. <laughs> Not what you want to hear, but a faithful friend who will speak the truth in love, who cares for you enough to say, I want you to know what I see in your life. I, I want to be faithful to you. And, and faithfulness is not about mutually sweeping things under the rug. Faithfulness is found when we have this sense of trust and transparency with one another, this idea of the teamwork that happens between good friends. I love how when Paul is talking about his ministry, he refers to his partners in ministry as faithful brothers or faithful sisters or faithful servants. When Paul thought about relationships, he was drawn to those that he could say they were faithful, they were trustworthy and dependable. Emmaus, I pray that's true of us with one another, that we can look at one another and say, you're a faithful brother, you're a faithful sister, you're a faithful servant in this, a, a co-servant in all that God has called us to do, that we are partners in the gospel, that we can trust one another, that we're transparent with one another, that there's a sense of teamwork that's involved in what we do. We want, as the church, there to be faithfulness in our relationships. And we see this in the home. We see the importance of faithfulness in the home, especially the way that faithful marriages display the gospel. The commitment that Jesus has to his church mirrored in the commitment that a husband has for his wife. Let's think about just for a second before we kind of move on and, and, and begin to get toward the end. Let's think just for a minute about the faithfulness that needs to happen in a home. Kids, especially teenagers, but all of you kids that are, that are watching at home, the faithfulness that you need to have toward your parents. And remember that word faithfulness is the word for trustworthy and dependable, that your parents would know that you're trustworthy, that they would know that you're speaking to them about what's happening in your life, that there's a, there's a sense of trust and teamwork that is built between kids and their parents. Kids, that when something happens and you know you've done the wrong thing, and you know you're going the wrong direction, it wouldn't be, oh no, I need to make sure that mom and dad don't find out about this. We, we've always been, we, all of us have been in those moments, but it would be a sense of, oh no, I need to go and tell mom and dad about this. Faithfulness in the home is not hiding things from one another, it's trusting one another in, those, in the midst of the difficulty, in the midst of the mistakes, in the midst of, Everything seems to be falling apart, but we're in this together. And, and parents, the way that you can set the tone for that, that, the faithfulness that you have toward your kids, that they know that your home is a place of consistency and dependability, it's a place of stability in their lives, it's a place of transparency. Parents, toward your kids, that they would know that you are faithful toward them, that your main faithfulness is not toward your job, it's not toward other people, that they know that you care for them, that you're for them and with them. And let's talk about faithfulness in marriage. Faithfulness in marriage is one of the most powerful ways that we can display the gospel to the world around us. And that we would just as a church recommit to the importance of that. 
recommit to all of us together, married or single, building up healthy marriages in our church family, knowing and caring for one another enough to know that when those challenges come, when those difficulties come, that we have relationships in place, that we can reach out to friends around us. What do you do when that faithfulness begins to break down? Uh, what do you do when the marriage is on the rocks or when someone's already been unfaithful toward you? In those situations, another person's unfaithfulness does not determine the way you respond in that situation, that you remain trustworthy, that you remain dependable, that you remain stable. And here's the key, that if someone else in your life has been unfaithful toward you, that more than ever you would be drawn back to the faithfulness of God. That when your marriage is not going the way you wanted, when, when home life and, and, and relationships with your kids seem to be struggling, that in that time more than ever, you would remember how faithful God is toward his people and that you would turn to him and trust him and you would seek all the other elements of the fruit of the Spirit to be played out in those relationships. God has called us to be faithful with everything he has given us and that includes especially the relationships he's put in our lives. I want to talk about one last element of faithfulness in the Christian life, and it's the faithfulness of the church. Revelation chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. John, as he's preparing to write these, the, deliver these letters to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. That language even speaks to the faithfulness of God's character, that he doesn't change, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, who is to come. And from the seven spirits, likely a reference to the Holy Spirit, there's debate about that, but the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. Jesus is the ultimate example of faithfulness, especially his faithfulness toward his bride, toward the church. And we, as the church, have the opportunity to reflect that faithfulness back to him. That as a church, Emmaus, that we would be faithful to the word of God. That as a church, we would be faithful to the gospel message. That as a church, we would be faithful to the mission that God has called us to, to make disciples by baptizing and teaching all that Jesus has commanded us to do. That we have an opportunity to portray that faithfulness. And here's the key. Maybe not fancy. Maybe not particularly famous. Maybe not overly impressive. Just faithful. Uh, we live in a world, and and. and Oh, these news stories are just multiplying so fast. But we live in a world where you look back, even over this past year, you, you stretch it back five years, ten years. The desire in church life, and, and let's be frank about it, the desire among church leaders or pastors to be flashy or famous or impressive, and it's beginning to crumble and we're seeing God's judgment against that. We're seeing all of that begin to crumble. What has God called us to be in the end? He's called us to be faithful. And my love for you and my desire is to be faithful to you as a pastor. To be faithful first as a husband and a father, but faithful as a pastor. Maybe not flashy, maybe not particularly impressive, 
but just faithful and loving and praying and serving and caring. And that we as a church, that when people think about us as, as a church, again, maybe not flashy, maybe not famous, but Emmaus, let's be faithful. Faithful to God's word, faithful to the gospel message, faithful to the mission that's been put before us. How do people think of you? As a faithful husband? As a faithful parent or grandparent? Do people think of you as a faithful friend, a faithful employee? Whatever God has put before you, he has been so faithful to us. And in a world where people don't know who to trust, and in a world where relationships are constantly coming and going, we have a, ch we have a chance, friends, to share about the good news of Jesus when we portray his faithfulness to the world around us. And I want to pray for you right now that that would be true, and then we're going to wrap up. Let's pray together. God, thank you for your faithfulness toward us. God, thank you that your character does not change. God, that you are loving and kind and good and wise and patient. And Father, thank you for the way that you are so faithful to us through the gift of salvation and forgiveness. Father, I pray that if there's anyone watching or listening today who because of fear or shame or pride has just never come to you for salvation. God, that they would today, that they would trust you, that they would know that you are good and faithful, that they would not trust in themselves, but that they would repent of sins and trust in Jesus for salvation. And God, I pray for us as a church family. God, let us be found faithful that we would be trustworthy, dependable, consistent. God, we would be faithful servants with all that you've given us, putting all of our talents and resources to work for your kingdom, working hard for what you've called us to do. And God, help us to be faithful in our relationships. And Father, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit who works all these things in and through our lives and our church. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Emmaus, thanks so much for being a part of this this morning. Uh, don't know exactly how the weather's gonna play out, but I hope you continue to trust and follow the Lord. God bless you, have a great day.